Howdy, strangers. Al Mirabella here, host of High Strangeness, the podcast that you have turned on and are listening to. We're starting the show out a little bit differently than we normally do this week. I uh, wanted to step in and talk about how the world is messed up and burning down right now. You're probably pretty sick of that because everything, including like Chips Ahoy on Twitter, are talking about how the world is burning down. I have been quiet on the internet, not because I don't stand in solidarity with black people, as I do, and I think we should stop killing black people. It's fucked up that that's a hot take now, all right? Anyway, it just seems like a weird time to have a lighthearted show, but I ask myself, what do I need right now? And I need a little bit of a distraction in some cases, so I'm hoping that this show can right now make you feel a little bit better when things are a little bit hard, which is basically the point of the show in the first place. This week I had my good friend Lauren Curtis on the show. She is a experienced news producer and one of the smartest, most well-informed people I know. So we did talk a little bit on the life of George Floyd and the protests that are happening and how that relates to other stuff that's going on in the world. But largely... This is just kind of a silly, fun episode, and I honestly didn't really press her too much about her weird beliefs because she had a lot of really fun, interesting stuff to say that honestly made me feel a lot better, and I hope will maybe help you feel a lot better too. The truth does not require your belief. The truth is real. Texas? Oh, yeah. Well, when did that start? Quarantine? (laughs) No, I came out here Saturday. And then, you know, let me just say it. American Airlines sucks. Okay. Wow. This is a big hot take on the pod today. (laughs) We're coming for you, American Airlines. Dude, I've been lighting them up on not even just my personal Twitter, but my professional Twitter. And it takes a lot to get me fired up on that thing. But you know, as many times as I've flown with them, they finally lost a bag. They finally did. And then they didn't even try to call me or let me know when the bag was in. And I was just like, you know, I would really hate it if I wasn't coming home and didn't have any extra clothes here. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't even get a toothbrush, man. I had a bad experience on American Airlines one time. Uh, I got a phone call to the office of the movie that I was working on. And they said, hi, we have a bag here that is for big a-list celebrity and i was like you do because they didn't say that they had lost a bag or anything I'm like this bag we are positive that this bag belongs to this person this was right before i was about to leave the office this is like at nine at night so i had to get in my car i had to drive from the north side of atlanta to the south side of atlanta i had to go into the airport get this bag i came outside with the bag and the traffic was really really bad and uh, and I couldn't even get out like it was so the traffic was so bad that I could not even get out of the airport parking lot. Then after I got about halfway to big A-list celebrities hotel, they called me and they were like, you know what? That actually was not her bag. Can you bring that bag back to us? This is like at one in the morning. 
I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That's some typical American Airlines shit, though. They suck. Mm. They suck so bad. I was like, you know, everyone likes to shit on Spirit Airlines or Frontier, but I have never had an issue with them. And their flights are $37. Get out of here. Yeah. And I pack light. So most of the time with those flights, it's like, okay, well, the ticket's super cheap, but you know, it's going to be X, Y, Z amount of money if you want to bring an extra bag or whatever. But I'm normally when I fly, I'm a backpack flyer. I, if I does not fit into a backpack, I do not need it. Yeah. I mean, I'm typically that way, but this was a nine day trip. So, you know, Are you visiting your mom. Yeah. She was like, oh my God, you're going to be on a podcast. I want to come. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm literally going to be Does five feet away pod- from you. Is she a podcast listener? No. <laughs> she out here listening to Joe Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> no, she fucking watches Lifetime and My 600 Pound Life all the time. That's about where she stops. Oh, hell yeah. That's good. Look, that's good television. I've been watching a lot of comfort television in the age of Kawoo-woo. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Pawn Stars, a lot of uh, American Pickers. This is the things that are keeping me alive. I thought you were going to say Porn Stars, and I was like, aren't we all? I do be. <laughs> I do be. <laughs> I think it's funny. I think like the world is so fucked up and broken right now that there are like, I'll be like following like Asa Akira on Twitter is like, we need to stand up for America right now. Yeah. And for these, and it's like, look, she knows. She knows. And, you know, she knows what she knows what pain is like. I've seen, I've seen a solid 10 incher right in her booty hole. <laughs> whenever my favorite porn star starts speaking out about issues going on in this country that's when you know it's fucking real mm, mm. and what is what is what are you working remote from home or what's your what's your deal are you just taking off no i just had some vacation time and you know with the whole coronavirus thing happening uh we can't really go anywhere uh new and exciting like you know last year i went to denver which was dope literally and you know this year i was gonna plan a trip to hawaii but uh, i'm not really thinking that's gonna happen you know i actually thought it was really nice when you said that you were in texas visiting your mom because that sounds really nice and then you said compared to hawaii and honestly i'm sorry for your loss now i'm sorry (laughs) because I love my family. I do not want to visit them if the options are visit my family or go to Hawaii. Yeah, it's fucked up. But you know what? My mom's cool. She, she's she got a little... They got a pool back here, so it's almost like Hawaii. And she serves me rum drinks. So hold on. I'll be right back. I have to, my vape is going to like fucking blow up. Hold on. That's real. All right. Do you know Did what a puff bar explode? is? A puff bar? No. Sounds so, like a delicious marshmallow candy bar, though. Oh, my God. You know what? Honestly invent that uh no it's like a so you know when the whole jewel thing happened and they're like no more flavored pods and they took away the mango pods which you know fuck america for that first of all but you know it's like a disposable flavored e-cigarette and you know they say that like cell phones and shit blow up but that thing's about to fucking blow up it was just sitting here and started getting really hot and smoking and i was like i'm not even smoking that thing what are you doing I remember one time I, so I used to be a medical marijuana patient in Florida. And whenever I was a a medical patient, they sold me at one of the dispensaries. They were like, this is the top of the line battery. This is going to be good. You're never going to have any problems with this thing. Just make sure you use this thing and you don't use any of these third party ones. Now, obviously I'm a, I'm a tourist, so I like to do my research. I like to have fancy, nice things. Yeah. As soon as I started doing my research, they were like, do not use that thing that they give you. That thing will explode. It will get super hot. 
but I was super broke at the time because I all of a sudden was able to go to a store and buy marijuana. So that's where all my money went. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and, and when I was using the, the one that they wanted to give me at the dispensary, it got so hot one time that it burned my hand. Like not like I picked it up cause it had been charging and it like singed my hand. And I immediately was like, okay, well if that's going to le- leave a literal burn mark on my hand from picking it up, I probably should not have this anywhere near my face. No. So I, uh, I got rid of it. I bought one online and let me tell you, you can spend a lot of money on a vaporizer. Like you can go buy one for $20 or you can buy one for like $400. There's an incredibly huge gap and a disparity. I don't think I never bought like a super duper. Actually I did. I did buy a really expensive one one time, but it was, it was a flower vaporizer. It was a, they're called the PAX two big stoners know about the packs too. It's oh, good yeah. Cause you can, you can vape your weed and then you can smoke your weed afterwards, double <laughs> your weed and you can eat it once you vape it. Cause it like decarbs it or whatever they call it. It's like a two I used for to one. Mix it into yogurt. Yeah. It's like a two for one. <laughs> That's incredible. But since Lauren, we're talking about you... vaping, what? Oh no, no, please. I want to continue. Tell me all about vaping. No, this is not even hey, me telling you about it. the vape cast. This is, this is <laughs> near Bella. We're here. Hold on. Cotton. <laughs> you know what? It really does piss me off when people vape in public and it's like, oh man, who's got some fresh apple pie? I didn't know we were at my grandma's <laughs> house. Motherfucker, it's Brad back there blowing <laughs> fat fucking clouds. It's yeah. got nothing to do with my grandma. What is it? Is that, is that cinnamon toast crunch? I smell cinnamon toast crunch. Why are they all <laughs> scented after cereals? Who eats a bowl of cereal? I was like, God, I want this in my fucking lungs. <laughs> uh, honestly, sounds like some shit I would actually do though. <laughs> Mm. No. Okay. So I went to a vape shop, right. To get a battery for, um, you know, a pen, a, I don't even, are, are they dab pens? Are they dab pens? I don't fucking know what they are, but anyway, so I was going to get a little, a little pen, a little battery. And I walk in, first of all, whenever people say, Vaping as a culture. I thought that was a fucking joke. No, this is real life. <laughs> like, I was hoping that was just, like, a joke. It is not a fucking joke. I walk into this vape shop. There's a guy, like, and his girlfriend at the bar in the vape shop. Why is there a bar in here, sir? Anyway, they're eating Whataburger casually at the bar inside the vape shop. I have to re- reiterate this. And then I'm like, okay, that's a vibe. So I look to my left. There's a fucking dude and his girlfriend watching Netflix and chilling on this couch in there. (laughs) (laughs) Blowing fat fucking clouds together. And I'm like, you know what? If that's not the energy, I really don't want it. Mm -hmm. Nothing (laughs) makes me hornier than jeweling. (laughs) Literally. I was just like, no wonder people make fun of vapors. Because what the fuck is this? It's a casual Tuesday morning. And this is what you guys are doing. I think that it's interesting. There's now been so much time. Like you remember when I remember, I remember vividly the first time I saw a vaporizer. This should tell you all you need to know about vape culture. I was at the Renaissance fair. And I saw a guy with a vaporizer and I was looking, I was like, what is that thing that guy is holding? Is this some sort of Renaissance fair thing? Is this like some like silly Renaissance fair anachronism? And then he, he hit it and it was like a a chunky cloud. And I looked at it and I was like, is this a joke? Is this, what is he even doing? And I remember he he very vividly pinstriped fedora hat on his head. That's telling. 
<laughs> and and I think that that was the culture of people who started vaping. And then you kind of watch the progression. And it's like first they got they turned into big remotes. They were like giant. They looked like VCR tapes. In fact, one time I got a like the top part of the vape cartridge, just the sucky part. I don't even know what it's called. And I taped one to a VHS tape and I, I was on my college campus and I walked around and when people would vape, I would take a puff out of my VHS tape. Just be like, <laughs> and I would just try my best not to look at them just to wait to see if they'd like turn over and saw my like copy of Jurassic Park two on VHS over here. Like it's, it's, it's Jeff Goldblum scented. Ooh, you know what? That's actually, I would pay fat money for that. Yeah, I Jeff Goldblum is not only a mood, but he is zaddy. He is my ultimate oh. aspiration of what I want to be when I grow up. I think like there's no version of me that is going to grow up and be a Brad Pitt. And there's no version of me that's going to grow up and be a Johnny Depp. And there's no version of me that's even going to grow up and be like a Chris Pratt. But I am capable being a Jeff Goldblum, like that's where I'm headed. That's my trajectory. You know what? I respect that because not one of those mainstream men that you just named have ever made me feel any sort of tingle in my cootie. Not one time, <laughs> not a single fucking time. I'm out here like, yeah, Machine Gun Kelly, Pete Davidson, you know, just like weird dudes that probably look like they have a nicotine problem and do cocaine on the weekends. You know, have you seen that? There's like, um, it's not like a cribs i think i don't remember if it was for netflix or whatever basically pete davidson did this like video where he like it was a la mtv cribs where he walked around his, his studio apartment that is in his mom's basement all of his <laughs> friends are hanging around he's showing off how like stacked it is and then at one point he uh he he takes the camera crew and he like shows them like his dad's firefighter hat from when he died in 9-11. He's like, this is what you motherfuckers want to see, isn't it? My dad that died in 9-11. This is what's going to get those views on YouTube. Just yeah. like, damn. I remember watching one of his specials and he was like, I think the best part about my dad being a firefighter uh, is that he left me all of his firefighter gear. So I, I can just walk around the city high as fuck as a firefighter <laughs> captain. And I'm just like, yeah, that's peak Pete Davidson. And I love that. He takes it and he owns it, you know? I love that he's such good friends with John Mulaney. They're so disparate because I'm a John Mulaney type. I'm not a Pete Davidson for right. sure. And and I just imagine because I have that too. I have some hood rat friends. You know, I have some like friends that I hang out with and I'm the square. I have some friends that I hang out with and I'm the hood rat, but I, I feel very at home when I'm the square person. And like I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of casual acquaintances to to pretty good friends who have neck tattoos and I used to be like, Oh, I'll never get a neck tattoo. And I hope my mom doesn't listen to this podcast because honestly, lately I just been looking at my neck and I've been like, you know what would look good there? A fucking just something, anything that will keep me from getting a job is what I want to put on my neck. <laughs> just do, you think? Like do you think I should get a tattoo on my neck or my knuckles first, Laura? <clears throat> I think that whatever you get tattooed, first of all, both, but you have to get either slut tattooed on your knuckles or on your neck. <laughs> like it has to be the word slut. It can't be anything else. Now, is this because I am a slut or because I am looking to procure sluts? Um, you know, it could go either way because we don't slut shame in this house. But it's true. I like to take that word back and use it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I've been saying for a while? Slut the police. Slut the oh police. My God. Yes. What does that mean? Does that mean fuck the police? Um, well, I mean, technically. Maybe that we pimp them out. I don't know. 
I agree. You know, you know who the real pimp of the police department is, is taxes. <laughs> Am I right? And I then, don't know. This isn't political commentary. I'm not smart enough to have this discussion, Lauren. <laughs> and then the police are just like slut to the man, you know? Like, oh yeah, tax me harder. That's what Lauren, I want. This is a this is a perfect transition. Can I talk about with without going into specifics, can I talk about what your job is? Oh yeah, go ahead. You are a do you do you still produce a show or are you just an executive producer? So I do still produce a show, but I also do like specials, like hurricane special. Um, I handle elections, those sorts of things. All right. So you are a news producer at a local news station. I used to work at a local news station that you used to work at that is not the current news station that you work at. Correct. And uh, you know what? I had no respect for the news until I started working there. And then I started working there and I lost all my respect. But then you slowly made me gain it back. That's how that was. <laughs> how did I do that? I don't know. Just being a good producer, caring about the news. I didn't know that anyone cared about anybody knowing the truth about situations until I worked there. I always thought it was like, uh, they just people were just looking for ratings. Now, granted, we should get the ratings, but we should get the ratings while informing the people. I tell you, I get better fucking news. I did not watch local news until I started working at a local news station. Then I left. And now I watch the local news in Atlanta because I realized that you just it's that's actually where you get news from. You don't get news from like you can't turn on CNN and expect to really get news. Yeah, that's just entertainment. The same thing with Fox. Uh, it's just, you know, whenever people get all slanted and they're like, the media this, the media that, I'm like, I don't think you realize that I just went to Publix and bought a 12-pack of Bud Light. I'm literally your neighbor. Like, <laughs> I literally just helped you get $40 back on your water bill, Susan. Chill out. Shit like that. And I also like that, but that's also like, that is that is real news. Like, if... now. I think that we need to remain informed about the stuff that is happening like in the country. But like, what is going to affect you more? Some dumb shit that Donald Trump said, or like the the things that you are going to learn on your local news, like the the XYZ is going to be shut down for the next week and a half because they're going through something. I don't know. That's not a good example. Give me an example of a thing. I just know there's always good news on the news. Um, A big thing for me was that a lot of um, coastal waters and waterways are, um, they're not clean. There's a lot of uh, toxicity in the water. There are cancer causing carcinogens in the water and nobody knows that. And I've been trying to, you know, work on a piece like a, a, like a little series lately of, you know, kind of exposing that because we get all of these emails from like, you know, different water companies saying, Hey, this is what's in it. This is what's in it. But nobody's kind of highlighted that yet. And I think that's a big a big thing, especially because if you look in areas like my mom is from Kentucky. And so where she's from in Kentucky, a lot of people that she's gone to high school with, she, my mom's like 55 and a lot of her classmates have already died from cancer. So what do you think that is? There's gotta be something. It's not just the meth. We know that there's meth in the Appalachian mountains, but <laughs> yeah, if anything, meth cures cancer, it kicks the cancer, meth, the cancer, the meth is too toxic for the cancer to live in. It is essentially <laughs> chemotherapy. This is my advice. That's true. Uh, straight facts here. But yeah, I mean, you know, just things like that or where your ta- where your tax dollars actually going in your in your community. Are you actually funding that Confederate statue? Are you the one that's keeping up maintenance on it? Hmm. Find out. Have you ever watched uh, Hassan Minaj's Patriot Act on Netflix? No. Is it good? It's, it's a pretty good show. It's like in the same vein as a John Oliver 
Stephen Colbert show uh, okay. formatted maybe a little bit more like the soup. It's actually really good. I think it's a good I, I don't want to necessarily call it a good source for the news because I still think it's entertainment, but it provides a lot of information that is kind of like more squarely targeted to younger millennials that otherwise they they might not necessarily pay attention to. One of their recent yeah. episodes, they talked about like they were talking about the news. I just watched this last night and like like sources of local news being where you like how so much stuff starts in local news. For instance, like a lot of like pedophiles are exposed by local newspapers specifically. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein was exposed by the Miami Herald and like uh, Jared from Subway and lots of other pedophiles. And like that starts there at like the local news level. And then, you know, obviously it gets covered by bigger outlets, but like those are the people who are doing that sort of investigative journalism. And I think that that definitely, I also see people in local TV news that are as passionate about like, looking for that information and finding that information and breaking those stories. I think it's really cool. It's not my world. Like to see people who are like passionate about it and, uh, and who are actually doing something good. Like, I mean, I might have a, my job's not glamorous, but I, I it is kind of like, I've like, a, Ooh, I get to work in the, the big leagues with these big celebrities or whatever. But like I miss working in the news a lot because it's like, I knew that that was a service to people. And what I do now is just like making rich people richer. Right. <sighs> Crispy. Crispy. <laughs> You're not supposed to drink uh, bubbly drinks while you do podcasts. That's like a thing. And uh, and I do. Because like, what am I going to drink? Am I going to drink water, Lauren? Put what some do I look lemon like? in your water. <laughs> then, then I'll drink some lemonade if I want to do that. God damn it. Pineapple I'm drinking, juice. I'm drinking a Coke Zero. I'm also a little buzzed right now because I went to a, <laughs> I went and I, I went and I went to the gym this morning and then after I went to the gym and all I had inside of me was a protein shake. I went and met up with my friend for for drinks, which is why I was a couple of minutes late getting onto this. And like, I was like, look, I can only have one drink because I got to go do an interview later. And she was like, you got to loosen up two drinks. And I had had no food. And I was like, damn, I got to eat some chicken wings. I cannot <laughs> drive right now. So I had to order some chicken wings. <laughs> I literally have been here uh, since Saturday and I've been drunk every single night just because that's my business. That's Texas. You're allowed to do that. Oh, yeah. Just like you're allowed to go 70 miles an hour through a neighborhood. It's just Texas. It's just Texas. I went to uh, I, I, I very briefly stayed in Arkansas for for like six months. God, why? And when I got to Arkansas, I know that's you know what? That's what I say. Looking that's back. On it. Why? I went to Arkansas and and. I remember getting there and being like, wow, all that's here are people who are hunting and people who are alcoholics. There's not really anything in the middle. And after six months, I was like, it's just beer and deer. That's all that lives in Arkansas. Beer and deer. Beer, deer, and racist. That's about it. Yeah, I actually, um, there's someone I've, I've already interviewed for the show uh, who, uh, Brandon Reedy, who is the host of a podcast called Social Discasting, and he and I were talking. And I, I mean, this is not not a diss against anyone in in Arkansas, but I was like literally surprised. Like, damn, this guy's got some really eloquent, well thought out opinions, it's and I knew all, that he yeah. did. But then, like, making me think, like, damn, he he's from Arkansas. I should be more progressive because of where I am from. If True. he is this progressive, if he was able to be as progressive or more progressive than me in Arkansas. Not even in Little Rock, like outside of Little Rock. Little Rock is the biggest city in Arkansas, and it's smaller than Pensacola. Jesus. But it is where Bill Clinton is from. Am I right? And Walmart. Ugh. Jesus. I've I've been to the first Walmart. That was something that I did because there was just nothing else to do. 
remember one day I was like, well, what am I going to do? I was like, I guess I'm just going to go to the first Walmart. Look, if you don't go to the first Walmart in Arkansas while you're in Arkansas, why are you even there? I know. And, you know, you would think it would be this big ass fancy, nice Walmart. It's just a normal place. It's not even a super center, Lauren. It's just a regular Walmart. Ew. There's no clothes. It's a grocery store. Do they at least have like cool shit in the bathrooms, like automatic fans or some shit? Like that's how low, <laughs> that's literally how low the bar is for me with Walmart. <laughs> can I, can I tell you what I think is the best thing to come out of Kawoo? What? It's that we have given up on the air dryer machines and people have just been like, we acknowledge that this does nothing. We will just put paper towels back in the bathrooms. And I consider that a win. Yeah. They also brought plastic bags back and I'm like, see, See, it all comes around, guys. Where were plastic bags? Did plastic bags go somewhere? They were banned in like California. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom was like staring at me, scratching her back right now. She's like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) She's got like this massive back scratcher. Where did you even get that? That's nice. That's one of those things you just got to go to Texas to get. Oh, she got it at Walmart. So back to the conversation. (laughs) You know, I uh, I I have tried lots of different kinds of back scratchers over the years because I'm a man with an itchy back. It's genetic. Okay, my people will not be shamed. Hey. It is genetic, but I have this one, and it's a piece of rope, and it's scratchy rope, and you hold the rope, and you like kind of like dental floss your back with it, and it works so good that after using it, it kind of makes me think like. Why do we use a regular, like, why do the regular back scratchers even exist? This covers the maximum amount of surface area. It's not scratchy. Um, I, I, I did lose this rope back scratcher, and I have not been able to find a sufficient one since, though. So my back just remains itchy. This is my cross to bear. Are you just, like, sweaty? Is that what the issue is? Are you, I don't are you know. A well, I, have really, I have really dry skin. I'm a, I'm a dry skin person. Like I, I know that people sometimes will be like, "Oh, you you have such like clear skin because I don't have any acne or anything." But like, God, brag about it! I get the same patch of dry skin in my mustache. Lauren, you know me. I'm a man. I look good with a mustache. Now, not everyone looks good with a mustache. True, hundred percent. Some people look good with a beard. Some people look good clean shaved. I'm a man that really pulls off the mustache. But like every three months, I have to shave my mustache because I get a patch of dry skin in the exact same place on the left side of my mustache. I like. Right now, I've got this like Glossier moisturizer that I'm like oh, rubbing yeah. into my face these days. But like, you know, it's like it's like I'm 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 fighting an uphill battle. Look, I'm the skincare queen, so oh, you have such nice skin. That, thank you. Oh my god. Um, the fact that you even just said Glossier is just like okay. He really does. He really he really do be trying. He is really getting in there, and that is impressive. They opened up a Glossier pop-up in Atlanta recently, and every woman I know went crazy. They were like, uh, holy shit. Yeah, for good fucking reason. It's good stuff, man. It's such good stuff. It is. I went in there with my friend David. We went in there because they have like a they had like a pop-up room that you could take like a cool picture in where the room was upside down, so it made you look like you were on the ceiling. Oh, and, uh, and while we went in there, we had to at least pretend we were in there to look at the stuff. This lady's showing us all these moisturizing products and everything. You know, how the fuck did it get all that that. stuff upside down? That's what I want to (laughs) know. I keep seeing all of these posts. I'm like, like for here's the big example that I always use. Like Ariana Grande, uh, like a couple years ago for Christmas, she put her Christmas tree on her ceiling. And I was like, how? How do you do that? Well, you know how she does it. She's a witch. Ariana Grande is 100% witch. She has to be. That's why she was with Pete Davidson in Mac Miller. 
to classic warlocks. Oh, she fuck. learned and absorbed their powers. Oh, you're right. You are absolutely right. Mm. Do you believe in magic? Uh, 100%. I have spell books. Are you kidding me? I could 100% see you uh, as a practicing witch. I, I don't, I'm not going to assume that you are a practicing witch just because I've never heard you talk about it, but I practice a little bit of magic, a little bit of chaos magic, but I have, uh, I've been thinking recently about getting into like real, like practical going to a person and having them teach me magic. And, you know, honestly, it's not because I want to rule the world. I just think I would like to meet other people who are as weird as me. Like, that's what I'm going for. If you uh, teach magic, you will make me feel incredibly normal. You know, I I learn a lot from my sister-in-law. You know, Alyssa. She's um, she's super big into that. She's very witchy, and I love that. And she's made me feel normal about it. So, you know, I'm not – I don't know everything about it. I don't think anyone can know everything about one thing. But I like to think that I know enough not to fuck myself up. You know what I'm saying? Because some people start doing spells and, like, just don't know how to do it the right way. And they end up getting some bad juju back on that. And that's just – that's irresponsible. <laughs> you can. That's why magic is, like, a discipline. That's why people have the schools of magic and, like, why you have to go through these, like, orders – and it's not necessarily because they want to keep magic a secret, but like, because if you don't have like the discipline to practice magic responsibly, you know, people, people think that you can like truly really hurt yourself and not just hurt yourself, but like, you know, kind of the 2020 feels like somebody really fucked up a big spell and that shit's just getting out there into the earth. Like we'd be out here. Could you imagine if like, you know, you, you find out like, oh, well, what is the what is the cause of, of all this, this, this strife in our country? And it's like, well, there was this guy named Greg and he really wanted to grow his dick three sizes and he read a spell (laughs) in a book about it. You know, I really honestly think that 2020 feels like somebody welcomed a Ouija board and then never said goodbye to it. That's how I feel. (laughs) But I'm telling you, if these people don't stop cracking open these Egyptian pyramids and like getting all of the bodies out of the tombs, I'm going to fucking mollywop somebody. Stop touching shit, guys. We're already fucked up enough. Leave it alone. Yeah, I'm in like my I'm like in my home bunker. I'm like just waiting for the world to return back to normal. And every day I look out the bunker thinking to myself, today is the day things will begin to, to return to normalcy. And then you're like, well, Somebody has released a hive of murder bees. You're like, fuck this. Who's doing this? What (laughs) is this? (laughs) This Okay, so 2020 feels like a season of Black Mirror. And that murder hornets were just a filler episode. That's just that. That's big facts. I don't know if you read this, but a couple of weeks ago, I posted this tweet. uh, Not to brag, but it got like four likes. Um, where I was like, America right now feels like an HBO show that has maybe gone on for like a season and a half too long and they've like run out of stuff to do. Like, I don't know. There's a, there's a disease and, uh, the president is corrupt and there's a bunch of bees and everyone who is important is fine. And everyone's mom is dying right now. You're like, Okay, well, this doesn't seem realistic to all be happening at the same time. Oh, all right. Well, you know what? There's riots and protests in the street. And also, we're just... Everybody is going to hate everybody right now. I I know that we need to hate everybody a little bit right now. Maybe not hate everybody a little bit right now. If we got to topple the system, I say let's topple it. But let's stop pussyfooting around and let's just topple it. I just want to go back to normal. I'm not going to get to... Lauren, you know we're not going to get to go to Hawaii until all of this is over with, right? So I say we just spread some kerosene on this motherfucker, start the whole thing over, 
will start a new country with blackjack and hookers. I literally said burn it down from the beginning. I was like, you know what? It's been fucked up for a long time. Let's just go ahead and burn it down and start over. You know, like, I I can't even imagine how it feels for you to, to be working in news right now and to just have this, like, constant, like stream of information and everyone being like because things are truly are kind of I joke but they are moving like really fast and hectically and like you know if you miss what's happening on the news for two days you're like a little out of the loop right now you're like man I I, I don't know what's happening and I was working in in news production like right after the election of Trump and like and you talk about just like going to work and being completely exhausted. You're like, oh, what is he going to talk about? Yeah. What is he going to talk about? What is the coverage? What are we going to, what is going to, what is going on in the world right now? And then it kind of calmed down because he just <laughs> kept doing all that stuff and we just learned to ignore him. You know, like when you see a, uh, like a, like a child who is initially like playing with something really dangerous, and you're like, stop that, stop that, stop that. And eventually just won't stop playing with it. So you're like, you know what? Just do it. Just do it if you're going to do it. I yeah. have to. I'm going to sit here on the porch and drink my BL lime. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> but now, but now, but now he has discovered he has discovered a new a new thing to be dangerous about, and it's everything. Well, what is so crazy to me is you know working in the news business is is very tiring. It is not just you know it's not physical labor on my end, um, but it is mentally exhausting. And you know I have to take not only the world's problems or the country's problems, but you know I, I manage people all day, so I have to take their problems in on top of whatever I've got going on. You know outside of work, it's very exhausting. Um, but you know I think that it takes a special person to do this job because you know the motto is seek the truth. Always just seek the truth. Um, but I think the craziest transition that I've seen in 2020 so far is how we went from coronavirus to, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's been so incredible to see how this has taken off. And I hate the way that, you know, it's not that Black Lives Matter ever ended and not that, you know, it ever went away because I've been following it since, you know, it kicked off. But, you know, it kind of, the, the death of George Floyd was, you know, fucking traumatizing. Yeah, have you watched that video? That's like, that's a very hard, difficult video to stomach. I've seen a lot of things that are like hard to watch, but maybe that like nine minute long video of him dying is like just the hardest thing that I've ever had to watch. And you just have, I feel like if you, if people haven't watched it, you just need to watch it. If you have any comment or context on this situation, and you haven't watched that video, like you need to sit down and you need to watch that video before you're allowed to participate in this discussion. Yeah, I mean, and I've I've played it on the news. It was in my show. You know, everyone has played it on their local channels because it's something that everyone needs to see to say, hey, wake the fuck up, America. We have a problem, a problem that never went away. And the problem is the system that was not meant to protect black people. That's the problem. But it's just been a weird, like, crazy transition to see it go from coronavirus to, you know, Black Lives Matter and, you know, us as millennials and Gen Z taking back and wanting to change this country. You know, it's it's been crazy because now I don't think I've reported on coronavirus in two weeks. 
since really everything kicked off and maybe we'll have like a little update, but it, it kind of feels like it's all fallen on the backside. Like, hey, we're not actually in the middle of a pandemic anymore when we really are. It's, it's yeah, very it is, strange. It's, like, it's very dangerous because we're just, it, you, you know, we're so one track minded in America. Like we can't focus on both of these things. Right. In fact, I remember like my dad, he is a serial CNN watcher. My dad watches like four to five hours worth of CNN every single day. And they have that like ticker on the that like that like graphic on CNN that has been on the right side since all of this started, like with the coronavirus deaths yeah. and cases. Yeah. And I remember just being like, I just cannot wait for the day that we take that ticker down. And I then everything happened and they took the ticker down. It's like, no, this is not the context in which I wanted to lose the ticker. Also, maybe we need the ticker still a little bit. Maybe we yeah. should be looking at the ticker while we do all this stuff. I always felt like that graphic was really fucking morbid, though. Like, really fucking morbid. I get putting it into perspective, but shit, to watch those numbers just keep climbing? That's fucking scary, dude. Yeah, and for it to just be, like, the the centerpiece of the discussion at all times. Especially because, like, not everyone has been dying of this thing. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't take the deaths into perspective, but, like, if you sit down and you it's like shell shock, like when you go to Vietnam or whatever and everybody's dying around you and you're like terrified of it for like three weeks and then you just acclimate to it. You're like, yeah, people are dying. If it's just a, this constant, like everyone is dying constantly and, and and things are are not going to get any better. You're not going to have any productive discourse. Right. And like there are a side of people that feel like that it's fear mongering and that feels like it's inflated numbers and I, honestly i don't care if they're inflated numbers or not i think that whether or not like a, a million people have coronavirus or two hundred thousand people have coronavirus or 500 million people have coronavirus like there is a thing out there that we can like at least attempt to protect ourselves from and attempt to help other people with like man i'm gonna right. go off on a slight slight tangent i got in an argument at my at my uh, my family's Memorial Day small barbecue that we just had with our our one other side of the family who uh, who who lives in our same neighborhood who are on a different side of the political spectrum than we are my my cousin's father in law who is like in his seventies or eighties like I mentioned how I'm not going back to work yet because the country's not opening back up like right now the entertainment industry is not looking to start back up until like September. And he's like, Oh shit. What about all this? These young people just need to just decide it's not hurting you. Why don't you go back to work? And I was like, dude, I was like, I'm not doing this. Cause I'm going to die. I'm not scared to die. I'm not going to die. I'm doing this. So you don't die. Like, can you not see that? This is not something I am doing selfishly and myopically. Exactly. Like that. Like an entire group of people who are just annoyed that they can't get a fucking haircut or whatever. I know that this is really trodden ground, but we haven't really talked about it in this context on the show yet. So no, what it, the the whole thing that's insane to me is that it's okay for those people to protest for a fucking haircut loaded with AK-47s and whatever kind of manpower they think they have, but it's not okay for us to protest for black rights. Make it make sense because I don't understand it. Yeah, and like the amount of like, at some point, people are stepping through so many like hoops 
to to like justify their own thoughts and beliefs on this. Like you can't even have a conversation with somebody about this because they don't even they won't talk to you about the way that they feel. They'll only talk to you about the way that you feel and how it is wrong. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are scared to talk about it, especially a lot of white people, uh, me not being one of them, but they're just, well, I would rather just stay quiet because I don't know enough about it. Well, fucking educate yourself. That's why we have Google, you know, like you can't love black culture and then stay silent on black issues. It's just not how it works. I uh, I recently had to take a break from Twitter and Instagram just because there was so much going on. And like, I, I wrestled with it because I was like, am I... Uh, am I being a part of the problem if I have to take a break from these things? But I was just experiencing such burnout. Like I could not, like I was not having any sort of productive thoughts or, or having any sort of productive discussion. And the other thing is like, there are so many people who are so much smarter than me, who are so much more well-informed than me. And I can retweet and I can reblog and repost the things that they say and post as often as I want, but at a certain point, like that's not doing anything other than letting you know that I am on a particular side. And and once, you know, I've, I've expressed that I stand in solidarity with black people in America. At that point, it's just me patting myself on the back when I share 10 Instagram posts a day about it. Now, I'm not saying that people shouldn't share that information. I think they should. I just think that I don't have to There are other ways in which I can be productive and I can help move forward with the general cause without sitting online and reading about it all day. And once again, that's not to say that I don't need to be informed, but like I watch the local news and I I talk to people about it and I have these discussions. If I spend 25% of my time, which is a very conservative figure for me lately, 25% of my time on social media and 80% of that time is me looking at a post about the things that white people are doing wrong in America or like the ways in which our racial justice system is flawed. You can only educate yourself so much on that in any given day. Like the the system has not changed by the end of the day when I've been reading about it all day. I 100% agree. And what I'll tell you, you know, this year has been a lot for journalists, um, you know, black and white. And it's because we have seen so many things happen and we are constantly getting new information. You know, the death of Kobe Bryant, coronavirus, the Australian wildfires. You know, we all thought World War Three was going to break out. And that all happened, you know, in 60 days. So as we continue in this year, we're all just very, very tired. And so what I'll tell you is the same thing I tell, you know, all of my fellow journalists. Um, you're no good to anyone if you're not okay. If you're not taking care of yourself, um, and if you know you have a history of mental illness, um, you know, you have to take care of yourself. We can't fight this fight if you're not okay. So, you know, take some time. Do what you need to do for you. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're, you know, battling so much internally that you're just overly exhausted or you feel hopeless... That does nothing good for us. So rest up for yourself. Take that time off. Then you come back better than ever. That's kind of how I've been thinking about it. (laughs) 
I have a lot of friends here in Atlanta that drink fancy beers. I don't do. Do you drink fancy beers? You know, I should know this because I've gone out drinking with you more than basically anyone in my adult life. Yes. You should know that I will always go to the bar, order two Bud Lights, stick one in between the tits, and then keep one in my hands. It's just how you do things. (laughs) There's no point in going up there for one thing, man. You got to make it worth your time. I just, here's my thing. I'm not going to go to the bar and order like a porter or a stout or an IPA. I can't party with that in my tummy. That's not, it's like, if I if I'm gonna go for a jog, I need to drink water, not chocolate milk. And if I am going to get ignorant, I need a Miller High Life inside of me. Yes, yes. Oh God, I forgot you drink Miller High Life. That just makes me so happy. I'm a High Life man. It's the champagne of beers. It really is. You're not wrong. Lately, I have been drinking a I have been drinking a, a fair amount of uh, of Bud Lights recently. Oh. God, that makes me proud. I, I got some to go out on the river. And then I, you know, you know how it goes buying buying drinks to go out on the river. You're like, well, it's it's going to be this much for a six pack. It's like two dollars more for a 24 pack for some reason. I'm just going to buy those. Why not? But I have been cutting out my my drinking because I'm trying to get fit. I put on I put on the quarantine 15 plus 10. I uh, I got a little thick during quarantine. Now hey, I'm back. nothing wrong with a little bit of cheeks, okay? I know I still look good. You know, I was talking to somebody. They're like, "Well, you don't you don't look like you put on that much weight." I'm like, first off, it's because I'm Italian. I carry it well. I do carry <laughs> it well. It went all straight to my juicy glutes, is what it did. <laughs> but I feel bad. I like it has nothing to do with the way I look. I know I'm hot. My problem is like I got winded chasing my cat up the stairs. Like that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, that's my problem. I'm actually going vegan, so that's another one of my problems. Not that vegan is a problem. It's just really fucking hard. It's really fucking hard. There's no more late night getting a hot dog outside of Seville. There's no more of that for me. There's no more Taco yeah. Bell. Nothing. I think that this is somewhat the case with the vegetarian lifestyle, but even more so with the vegan lifestyle is there's not a lot of quick comfort food that you can do. Exactly. And there there are a couple but they're like they're they're somewhat few and far between. Whereas if you are a vegetarian, even even if you're a vegetarian, you still got cheese in your corner. I can eat cheese all the time, 24/7. Right. There is not a time that I don't want to eat cheese, especially when I'm drunk. You can eat fucking pizza. The regular old Pizza Hut pizza if you're just vegetarian. I uh, I, I I dated a a person who was a vegan for a a pretty long time and we would go get pizza and she would always be like well we can do the vegan cheese i'm like look okay listen vegan cheese tastes like a foot it's bad i would literally rather us just not get sauce on the pizza over okay so vegan eggs and vegan cheese i'll go ahead and say it they both suck they both smell like feet the consistency of the eggs is fucking awful like what what even is that but I would rather sandpaper the asshole of a grizzly bear than get a vegan cheese pizza. Fuck no. That's, <laughs> that's so, no, I can't. No, 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 no way. That's against Bud Light. I'm just glad that that I can still drink beer and not have to worry about it harming animals. Besides all of the tiny yeasts. What about the yeast, Lauren? You know what? Fuck it. I told Fuck one of my yeast. friends, he's like, hardcore vegan i think i've maybe seen him eat like a couple pieces of chicken when he's wasted or depressed or the two coinciding whichever uh but 
he's hardcore vegan. He actually, I told him, I was like, I think I'm just going to try vegetarian. I don't think I can go full vegan. Like, I don't really eat a whole lot of meat in the first place. So that's why I thought vegetarian would be better because I do like milk and I do like eggs. Then when I told him that, he sent me a picture of a dead baby cow and inside of a wheelbarrow that looks just like my dog. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I will up. say, your dog does look like a cow. She do be a cow. Lauren, can I ask you a question? This is very important. This is the most important question I've asked you yet on the show. Yes, Al, you can ask me a question. What's the weirdest thing you believe? What's the weirdest thing I believe? Oh, shit. Um, I don't think there's like a god. I don't think there's an afterlife. Does that mm. go against my witchiness? Does that go against that? Um, I don't necessarily think so. My dad was super religious. Uh, he still is my biological father. He's like a deacon in his church. He's just really fucked up. Like he's, oh, he's on some weird shit, dude. And so we just, I don't know. He fucked that up for me. He's like Pentecostal. It's really awful. But, you know, I just don't think that there's anything after this. That's why I kind of live like a fucking hood rat, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I just do what I want to do. I mean, I try to be, I think being a good person goes a long way, but I don't really think there's anything after this. And that's okay. I think that you bring up a good point there. I think that there is this idea that people who believe in, like, the Christian afterlife specifically think, like, that because they have a savior, that they don't necessarily have to be a good person. And when they are being a good person, they're doing it for ulterior motives, right? To like be a good person for the glorification of God, which I don't necessarily inherently believe is a bad thing. But I want to tell those people, you know, you can just be a good person to be a good person. That's also a possibility. You're allowed to do that. Right. I think a lot of those people who believe that have so much like darkness inside of them that they think that the idea like, oh, well, if I didn't have this this moral compass inside of me, this person telling me what to do, I would just go like rape and murder and pillage. And you're like, what? you know, that's not what people who are atheists do. So, so what, what is your, what is your justification there? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I just feel like there are too many people who do it for your, like, I like to call them social media Christians. <laughs> Because they do all of this godly shit on the internet, and then when you see them in real life, they won't even speak to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's all this, too. There's, like, people who are, like, people, like, all lives matter people who are, like, big church people. And you're like, what is, you don't, I don't think you know what your god is supposed to do. Right. I don't think that you've actually read the 66 books in the Bible, but go off, Kevin. Come on, Lauren, it's 66 it. books. That's a ton of books. <laughs> I've not read 66. First off, that's like almost as many as there are Goosebumps books. You think I can I've read, read all, all the, the Goosebumps, Goosebumps books? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> did you, did Say you remember Cheese those and Die is the best one. Say Cheese and Die is the best one. No, Slappy. Anything to do with that stupid fucking dummy, the best. Oh, fuck that, dude. Man, that's okay. I okay. I <laughs> that's like the uh, the the icon on my Netflix for Goosebumps, and You're I kidding. yeah, I like scroll past it as quickly as possible when I see it. I don't even want to look at him. I love that little fucker. He's he's not even scary. Okay, well, you sound like a sociopath. There, he is one hundred percent scary. He is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> What's your most irrational fear, though? You know, that's a I, I have a I have thalassophobia pretty bad, which, I, you know, you could consider to be irrational or not. I am scared of what is in the water when I am in the water. That's pretty normal, I think. Yeah, I'm not even necessarily scared of it hurting me. Like, 
whenever I see like one of those pictures online that you see of like um, a diver underwater with like a like a whale and like you just see the big whale and then you see the little diver and obviously the whale is not going to hurt him. That makes my balls go up into my body. Like I cannot look at that. It fucking terrifies me. I went on a cruise when I was 14 years old and whenever I was 14 years old, knowing good and well that it has never happened, I kept thinking a whale is going to accidentally knock the ship over. (laughs) So are you scared of like just like the ocean or like all bodies of water? No, and I'm not even particularly scared of the ocean. I like going into the ocean. I'm definitely a beach person and I will even go into like big deep water, but I have to constantly remind myself that if there is something big in the water that it's not going to hurt me that's good though like i i fuck with that honestly like i i see that i don't think that's irrational at all i think that's pretty justified because you know i think we've only explored what like five percent of the ocean floor as humanity i don't Mm -hmm. think there's a whole lot that we've looked at down there we keep finding new animals down there too we're just like like oh like oh I think it's crazy that like for a long time, the giant squid was speculative. They were like, we think there's giant squids down there. Well, first off, I don't like that. I don't I don't even like that you think it. It stresses (laughs) me out that you even think that thing. Why are you bringing that evil into my life? Also, like, you know, they would like find things that had been attacked by giant squids. And they were like, well, we've never seen a giant squid, but we found this thing. It is like we found like a whale shark that was attacked by something that was clearly much larger than a whale shark. And we don't know what it is. And I was like, and you didn't change your career like you didn't decide you were never going to go back in the water ever again. That's right. That's so weird. You know what? I honestly every time I think about, you know, going out into the ocean to do any like extracurricular activities, you know, because I know you and I, among other people. Uh, used to go to the beach all the time and chill and have a few brewskis and then like go hang out in the water really close to the shore. But to go out and do like some surfing or some shit, I couldn't do that. I couldn't go surfing. I'm too afraid. I'm scared of what I'm, I'm with you. Like I'm scared of what is in the water that could eat me. I think there's like a, there's two kinds of kids. I've been hanging out with a lot of children lately since I've been in Pensacola. There are kids who will go past the sandbar there are kids who have no desire to go past the sandbar kids that you have to like, there's kids that you have to tell do not go past the sandbar. I I don't think I was ever even told that as a child, my mom looked at me and she was like, he's not going to go past the sandbar. He's not even going to approach the sandbar. Like the first sandbar out there. Like, yeah, when I see that sandbar, I'm like, okay, in my mind, there's the sandbar, which, you know, for those who are not from Florida, the bar of sand that like is in the ocean where you're, you know, you're like a hundred yards out and then it raises up to the point where you can like stand up on it and then it drops down and it might drop down six feet. But in my mind, when it drops down, that is the abyss. That's the Mariana's trench after the sandbar. That is 100 million miles beneath this, the, the water right there. And that's where, that's where giant squids live. That's where great white sharks live. I think that's where Jeffrey Epstein lives. I'm not going there. <laughs> that's definitely where he lives. I don't know. I just, I always think back, you know, have you ever read the, the book Soul Surfer or watched the movie? Uh, I am, I've seen the movie Soul Surfer. I have not okay. read the book. So both the book and the movie uh, make me come undone every single time I read or watch it. That's some scary shit, dude. She was just out there on a regular, like, Tuesday afternoon going to fucking surf for her Hawaiian Tropic Classic or whatever, and 
Boom, arm gone. Arm gone. Now you just have one arm. And now that girl's like, and I consider it a blessing. And yeah, I still go the out there and I surf. And you know, I've in that movie, I don't know if it's in the 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 book, but in the movie, I remember I went and watched that with a church group. Sounds about you know, right. they, they talk they talk they talk Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to uh, harm you. I don't think me losing my fucking arm was in your plan, God, but go yeah, off. And if it is, maybe let's get a different plan. <laughs> like maybe there's gotta be some other option. Just like <laughs> let my mom perform an abortion if we're gonna do that. Like fuck. I don't wanna live through that. <laughs> Shit. Hmm. Lauren, no. do you think for me personally, do you think that if I lost an arm, that would increase or decrease my ability to get laid? Probably increase it. Be like, because I could have a sweet ass robot arm for yeah, one. Yeah, like some real kind of like Avengers type of shit. But you know what? I wouldn't have a good soul surfer story to where how I lost my arm. People would be like, how did you lose your arm? And I'd be like, well, I, uh, I was eating a hot dog right next to a wood chipper and then I tripped and the hot dog went into the wood chipper, but I had just paid for the hot dog and I hadn't even taken the first bite. So I thought maybe the hot dog was still in the wood chipper. So I just put my arm in thinking maybe it would, it would be in there. But you know what? By that time it had already ate the hot dog and then my entire arm. You know, I honestly respect that because I feel like I would probably go that route too. Like I don't fuck with a hot dog or a corn dog. That's serious business, especially a street dog. Ugh. God. Once again, foods that you cannot eat once you're a vegan. I know. Fuck. Well, they make veggie dogs, but it's, you know, it's just not the same. It's really fucking not. Lauren. What's up? What do you, what do you have to plug? Uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram at lauren.tv. Not that it's interesting, but I do fo- like post some funny things sometimes. <laughs> it's a good Insta. <laughs> Every time you see the private story, you're like, is it a nude or is it something about... I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel honored when I see the green ring. I love that. It's just so inclusive. Also, watch local news. Watch your fucking local newscasters. They care about you. We're not CNN, we're not Fox, and stop blaming the media for everything. Jesus. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on my show. It's been a pleasure, and you're a good lady. And listen, I don't care what Anderson Cooper says about you. (laughs) Anderson Cooper is my lord and savior, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) He is zaddy. This has been fun, and I will have you on again soon. Thank you. God, thank you. High Strangeness is an unfunny production. Our theme song is To Wake Up by Crystal Coast from the album Three. All our other music is also by Crystal Coast. If you have a question or you just want to tell me some dumb shit, email highstrangecast at gmail.com. You can find me, Al Mirabella, on Twitter at unfunny underscore official or follow the show at, at highstrangecast. If you like the pod, consider telling a friend or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, folks, stay safe. Stay stranger.